Um, so today's after is Yud Chet, and uh, we pick up um, at the very top of it. You know, just for uh, context, let's just read from two lines from the bottom of Yud Zayin Amidbet. We have just read the Mishnah of Rebbe Beit Hillel Beishamai about um, about uh, um, what can you take to the mikvah on Shabbos. Where or Shabbos or Yantiv, where uh, everybody agrees you can't immerse vessels, kalim, but there's a debate whether a person can immerse. Um, so the Gemara says the Chuleyama two lines from the bottom of Yudzayim is that the Chuleyama Mias. Everybody agrees, nevertheless, Chli um, B'Shabbos Lo that you can't immerse a vessel on Shabbos. My time. What's the reason? So Amar Rava says Rava Gzerashem Yitlena Biyadav Yavrenu Arbamos Purishes Harabes. We're afraid that if we let you take a vessel to the mikvah on Shabbos, that you'll carry it. You know, you'll start bringing your vessels to the mikvah, so it'll lead to carrying. Um, as we pointed out, it's the exact same language that Rabbi uses in the explanation of why you can't take a lulav on Shabbos, and uh, points out an interesting question about whether it's clear that he initially said this statement in both cases, was it possible he said it in one, and then the Gemara applied it to the other. Um, but this is the explanation he gives here. So Amalei Abaye, so Abaye said to him, mai. So why should there be a problem if you've got a well, which is essentially a mikvah, um, in your in your chutzah, in your yard? And classically, people, you know, would have walls around their yard, their courtyards with multiple houses. That's all point of a ruvei chutzeros. So why should that be a problem? And presumably, that was not such an uncommon thing, because where else would people be getting their water from? So, so he says, Michael Maymar, what can you say? I'm like, Zera Borba Chatzera to Borba Shirta Robin. All right, it's a Gzera. You know, we don't allow it, even if it, the well is in, your, is in your yard, is in your courtyard, because it'll lead to cases where the only available well is in the public domain and it'll lead to carrying. So the Gemara says, Hatenach Shabbos. Okay, good, fine. I understand why it should be forbidden on Shabbos. But Yantav Michael Maymar, Yantav carrying is allowed. So why shouldn't we allow it on Yantav? So the Gemara says, "Gazu Yantiv Ati Shabbos." All right, they forbade Yantiv because it'll lead to cases of Shabbos. Wow. Now again, that's a little bit funny because you know there's so many things now we should now forbid on Yantiv because it'll lead to Shabbos that are things that are fundamentally not concerns about yeah, Yantiv, right? Everything related to Ochel Nevesh, you know, have it like reading Laor Haner, you know, a million types of gzeiras you get by Shabbos that aren't relevant because the malachas are not those malachas are not problematic on Yantiv. One interesting in particular that we do say of this you should be aware of though is the Xeris Merchat which is the um, bathing in uh, heated water that there the concern is if we let people bathe in uh, in heated water even heated from before Shabbos that they would Rabbanon was not allowed to do it because you'll come to heat up the water they'll go to these bathhouses you know the Roman bathhouses and they'll go ahead and they'll heat up the water on Shabbos now there's no reason that should really be a problem on Yom but nevertheless, it's forbidden. Now, interestingly, you should say, well, you know, is it really Shavalachol Nefesh, etc.? So there's a whole interesting question about that, um, about taking a hot shower, a hot shower on Yantiv. Is it considered something that, you know, in ba- it used to be bathing, in, you know, hot water was only something that everybody needed for their hands and face and feet, not for their whole body, at least whatever, we'll see that later, but nowadays um, a number of poskims say, and I poskim this way as well, that you can take a hot shower on Yantiv, you have to be careful not to like squeeze out your hair, you know, use liquid soap, not bar soap, but take a hot shower on Yantiv, 
Um, but you still can't take a hot bath because of the Gzeros Mechat Sa'ot, even though that's not really so relevant. I guess. So every now and then, we do find a Gzeros that was started in Shabbos and applied to Yantav, although fundamentally, there really shouldn't be that problem by Yantav. So that's what he's saying here. Yes, it doesn't make sense by Yantav, but, it, but that's what we do. We forbid Yantav as well, not to dunk vessels, because it will lead to carrying on Shabbos. So the Gemara says, Umigaz Rinon, do we really make such a Gzeros? not meaning not just make a gzera, but do we really make the way you framed it there's a lot of gzera gzeras going on here right it starts by one Shabbos case of a Borbushut Arabim and then we outlaw a lot of other related things so there's a lot of gzera gzera. so is that really are we really that concerned the Hatanan we taught in the Mishnah the Shavim Shemachkin Esamayim Shemachikin Esamayim excuse me you do Hashaka to the water Bikli Evan Letaran Avalomat Vilin so you can do Hashaka with water to purify the water, you put it in the mikvah and it connects to the water of the mikvah, but you cannot with a stone vessel, but you can't use an impure vessel and intend to purify the impure vessel in the process. Okay, the isa, if what you're saying is correct that there's a lot of going on here so So how do we allow this thing with the water we should forbid it because it will easily lead to the case of dunking uh, the kli itself so the Gemara says, Vitisvara, does that make sense that we should make that Gzeira? If you have other good water to use, that's Sahur, why would you bother doing Hashaka with this water? Ella, why, why go to all this effort? It's just water, you know, spill it out, use your good water. Ella, the Lefei, it must be the only reason you're, you're bothering is because you don't have any other water to use. The Kivan Delesle, since you don't have any other word to use, Mizizarbu, you'll be careful not to carry. Now, what does that mean? Okay, so you don't have other, any other water to use. Why does that mean you won't accidentally carry it? So Rashi basically says, and this is going to be the same thing Rashi is going to say in the next few answers of the Gemara, that what it just means is it's a milfa below shkiach. It means that this is an uncommon scenario, and since it's an uncommon scenario, even if we make gzerali gzeras, we make gzerali gzeras in sort of standard cases. But in, um, even though what might be uncommon is that A will lead to B, but the circumstances of the case themselves, of the initial case, is common. You need to take your thing to the mikvah on yantiv. Then the um, you know that's common. So or the fact you know so the fact that it might lead to a case of uh, from doing it from yantiv to doing it on Shabbos that might be not so common, but the initial circumstances is common. As opposed to here, the initial circumstances of needing to do hashaka with your water is very uncommon circumstances. And the principle is milsud lo shiach will gazibu rabbanan. They didn't make a gzera. For, for cases where the initial circumstances of the case were low shriach. As opposed to what we're talking about, which is we might be making gzeros, but the initial circumstances are shriach. Okay? Now, um, so, um, now, um, 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 the question though is is that fine that explains why but the Gemara says why don't we are, why aren't we afraid that if we let you bring it to the mikvah the water you'll come to carry the kli but there's a simpler question which is why don't we say that if we let you take the water to the mikvah you'll come to carry the not the kli, but the, the water, right? So that's what Toz says. If you look at Toz, he says, the nigzer hashaka atu hatvala, so it says, the kasha, lifroch nigzer mishim shem yavir abram spushisram lahashikan. Forget the kli. You'll, you know, let's be afraid that you'll come to do, to carry the water. Yeah, you're very, you're very like uh, 
pressure. Aval so basically what he's saying until the Gemara introduced presumably the point that you have no other water whereas if we're assuming that you have other water so we're not, not so concerned that you know like you so feel that this is so urgent but somehow with vessels maybe you'd only have a much more limited supply of vessels not exactly clear why exactly what that answer is yes without a vessel <laughs> yeah yeah I don't know doing it in your hands yeah I don't know but the, so you're right meaning it's what yes but, well, but you're carrying that other thing as well yeah. but, right but, the, but, I, but I don't think he means carrying it with your hands he means why is the Gemara saying let's not allow the water because it'll lead to a case of a vessel, the very case of the water itself is a case of carrying, if you leave your katzer. Because of the water, because of the vessel that the water is in, but that's because it'll lead to a different case, which is only about a vessel. Okay, just saying, why are we concerned, why does Murr frame it, how do we allow the water, maybe it'll lead to a case of vessel. So how do we allow the water, you'll step out of your katzer and it'll be carrying. That's what the Gemara should have had. Okay? Yes. Um, well, all that is, is again, w- w- that, that normally you cannot be metahir food, you only allowed it by water, and presumably the reason, the logic somehow being that when you connect, when you put the water in the mikvah, it's not like you're immersing water, it becomes, but it becomes part of the mikvah. Once it becomes part of the mikvah, and then it's, take, it's taken out again, it's like it's something completely new. So it's not a process of tahara. That seems to be the logic. Okay, so now the Gemara says like this. Um, okay, so we have this idea of Xerili Xera. How about the case of the water? Why does that not fall under the Xera? And the answer is Lo Shriach. Okay, so the Gemara says, I'll ask you on this. Magwin Bidli Tamei Tahor. You can draw water with an impure vessel, and whoops, look at that, the vessel becomes Tahor in the process. Okay, now, why is that different than when you do Hashaka, you cannot use an impure vessel? So Rashi says, because in this case, basically, you don't start with, you know, in that case, the fundamental thing you're doing is focusing on the water, and that's okay, because it's not Kavila, and therefore, the Zeso is, but, but fundamentally, you're doing an act of being Metaher something. Mm-hmm. You're being Metaher the water. So if we let you do it with an impure vessel, that'll be defined as being Tovel Akli. That's why that's a problem. With here, fundamentally, the act you're doing is drawing water. Right? That's what fundamentally you're doing. You're not taking something to a mikvah. You're drawing water from the well. So since that's fundamentally what you're doing, we, if, even if you use a tummy vessel, it's not clearly an active tevilas kli, and therefore it's allowed. So the Gemara says, okay, that's all very nice in terms of framing it in a certain way, in a formal way, it's not as much of an active tevila. But why aren't we concerned to lead to carrying if we have so many concerns of carrying? So the Gemara says, If it's true that we make all of these safeguards, let's say you can't do the drawing of water because that will lead to an intentional tevila. So the Gemara says, no. Shani, or just say, you know, or maybe say just using the, 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 the uh, you know, the, the bucket will come to carrying the bucket. The there is basically it's the same answer there because we're only allowing you to do it through your bucket 
basically we're only framing it as a drawing of water, not a tevila, you'll remember and it won't come to a case of doing tevila. Obviously, they, could, they couldn't say to people, don't draw water from your well with a bucket on, uh, on, on Shabbos and Yantiv. I mean, you know that they made all these special takanas to make it possible to draw water from the well. The whole posse be rose and so on. So fundamentally, that's a category that's allowed on Shabbos and Yantiv. But the Gemara is saying is, ah, but if it's Tameh and so on, why don't we make it today? And says, no, because fundamentally it's staying within that category of drawing water, and therefore it's not in the Gzeira Ligzeira type of a thing. Which means that even with the Gzeira Ligzeira, and this is the same as the idea about the Hashak of the water, it doesn't mean, in a way it's almost like not even, not even, not even against the Svar, it's actually very consistent. Gzeira Ligzeira, what allows us to make a safeguard to a safeguard to a safeguard to a safeguard? You said the Mercer is saying, well then let's answer everything. And then it gives like, formalistic answers. This isn't really a tevila, it's more like drawing water. This isn't really a tevila, it's more hashaka. So you say, well, that's not a fair answer. That's a formalistic answer, and you're saying we have all of these real concerns. But in a way, it's an answer that makes a lot of sense. Because why, what legitimates xerily, 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 and a million concerns built on one another? And the answer primarily is that, of xerily, xerily, is that it's not that we really are always concerned that A will lead to B will lead to C. It's a formalistic point. If we're going to forbid something, we're going to forbid that taste like across the board. We're going to say, don't do Tevila. Don't do Chavez, don't do Anyantiv. Not necessarily because we're really concerned that A will lead to B to lead to C. But in a formal way, when we forbid a category, we forbid everything that falls in that category. If that's true, then in the same formalistic way, we can say if it's not defined as Tevila, if it's defined as Hashaka, or it's not an act of Tevila, but it's an act of drawing water, then it's outside of that formalistic boundary. Mm-hmm. So that's basically what the Gemara is saying. It starts by saying, oh, if you're so concerned in making a million forbid this too. Says, yeah, but that's not that's not formally the same act. Yes. So, so, so he draws the water in the bucket from the well. Yeah. What does he do with that water? He takes it home. What do you mean? Right. In other words, yeah. he's not for, right. So, where does the mikvah exactly come in? It would be if it's a yantiv, it could be anywhere, and if it's shabbos, it's in the chutzah. But the point is, it's the exact same scenario. You're going to a well with a queen. Right. But the reality is, is that they ne- they never certainly by Yantav it's not a problem unless you put it under a heading of Tevila which is Asur mm-hmm. and by Shabbos they actually made it easy for you to you know easier for you to draw water on Shabbos because it's such a necessity right. so that's the whole point that this is a category that we al- tend to, that we allow on Shabbos but if it's defined as Tevila we don't allow it right. but the Gemara says who, who cares what's defined that why don't we concern that it'll lead to the other case right. but he, in other words he needs the water in the house for whatever yeah, reason yeah right so otherwise, like turning on your faucet, right? Uh, otherwise, he would have taken water from the mikvah and put it into his house. No, what do you mean otherwise? He would have used a tahar kli. By using a tummy kli, what you're doing is you're yeah. sneaking through the back door yeah, and access to right, right. right. So, so, oh, right. So, now they use the mikvah also as a source of cooking water. Or the mikvah was their well. You have this in, um, you have this in, um, like you know, in um, in Europe. Well, you, you know, they, the mikvahs are these basically. Are, are these just like deep wells is what they say basically are you know and imagine what the real mysterious nephew was to go down there it was very deep and dangerous and so on you know it's interesting to note because sometimes there's a discussion of Mayim Chaim um, the Gemara says the, the Gemara is never clear it's actually quite fascinating the Torah says Azov needs Mayim Chaim it never says 
by a zava whether she does or does not. And some of the Gaonim said that a zava also needs Mayim Chayim. The problem is, is that according to the Gemara we treat nowadays, you know, all women as, as, as a suffix zava, which would require Mayim Chayim. Now, when you hear Mayim Chayim, I think about it, I think like about a, like a, you know, I don't know, a babbling brook or something, you know, some type of a fresh spring. But so how could they have demanded that? But the reality is that a well is Mayim Chayim. Because you're digging straight down. It's not rainwater that's collected. It's water from underground. And if most of their mikvaot were wells, then it wasn't the big chiddish to say, okay, you need Mayim Chayim. That's what we do anyway. But thankfully, that position got completely rejected by the Rishonim, or else we couldn't do any of our mikvahs nowadays. You know, but anyway, but the reality is, is yes, the mikvah often would be a well, the same type of a thing you would get water from. Yes. I'm not answering that. We'll get. I should have brought it in. I knew you'd get this. <laughs> okay, we'll get to when we get back. But the difference is, one is immersion in a body of water, and the other is having water yeah. spilled on top of you. Yeah. We found a mix in Montreal that is mine. Oh uh, yeah, it's a well. It's a. It's a spring. Uh, it's a spring. Okay. So now the Gemara says like this. Okay. So that's the basic question. Why don't we make these zeros and the answer are? No, these cases in a formalistic way are different. It's taking, it's rolling water with a wet bucket. It's not going to the mikvah. Asa, I'll ask you. If it got tummy air of yontiv, we don't let you do it on yontiv because you should have taken care of it from beforehand. So this is a new twist that we haven't seen, which is a nice leniency. If it got tummy on yontiv, then we allow you because then you got you're stuck and you know you didn't have a choice. So, well, that's a good point. The im isa, if it's true that you have all these gzeras, nigzur di yontiv of yontiv. So you know to make these types of distinctions, you have a chance to do it, not a chance to do it. That shows that we're sort of making you know, making the, the prohibition with very fine distinctions. Your whole approach is we offer it all across the board. So if it's across the board, we shouldn't allow it even if it got Tamiyan Yantav as well. So the Gemara says, Tuma biyantav Similar to what Rashi said, the, the earlier answer, the way Rashi explained it, things getting Tame is on Yantav is an uncommon scenario. Why? Because everybody's already tar and everybody wants to be tar on the regal because Aliyah the regal and so on and therefore this is such a rare exception that it did not fall under. It's not because the concern wasn't there, okay, but even sometimes, just we don't, the Xeris do not apply to rare exceptional cases. Ace says, okay, I'll ask you again. If a vessel became tamay with an avatuma, uh, uh, with it, then the vessels are reshown. Then you can then you cannot be matbilid on yontav. If it came tamay with a vlatatuma, which means a resh- it, it, it touched something that was a reshown that already was a derivative, then the vessel would be a shani. Now the reality is that vessels don't become shani; only foods become mm-hmm. shani. However, for as we're going to see, for certain truma purposes. It might be con- it could be considered a shani. So therefore, in that type of a case, you can be masculine on yanta. Well, and well, ah, so that's a good question. So Rashi says is even if it became tamay on Arab yantav, it's an additional leniency. If it became tamay on yantav, even with an avatuma, you could do it. If it became tamay on Arab yantav, then then even there you can do it if it was only with a vlada tuma. Okay, and the basic logic is is that it's not considered, you know, um, it's not considered a real tuma as much. Okay, so it's not so tummy. So it's only tummy from a truma perspective and only rabbinically. So then we would let you do it. it says, so again, it's a very nice leniency here. It doesn't fit into this category of an across-the-board categorical gzeira. 
So the Gemara says, Zim Isa, if what you're saying is correct, that we make these broad gzeras, nigzer ha to ha. So um, let's be concerned that a vladatum allowing it will lead to an avatum. And again, it's a funny question, because you could say, nigzor, that in the case of vladatum, you'll come to carry it. Right? Who cares that it'll lead to an avatuma case? Let's make it there, you'll come to carry it. Um, so Tosa sort of deals with that. But anyway, let's take a look at the Gemara. So the Gemara says, Vladatuma no. When do you have a case of Vladatuma being a problem? It's only by Karnim, because then the Kli that's a Shani will make Truman to a Shlishi. So the whole thing is a Karnim case. Karnim's reason name. Karnim are careful, so we're not so concerned. They're the ones that are going to want to be put it in the mikvah. They're going to be extra careful. Okay? Um, so now Gmar says, Tashma, come in here. A woman who's a Nida, who doesn't have any clothes, clothes that are Tahor, she only has the clothes that she's been wearing as a Nida that are Tameh, so she can go to the mikvah on Shabbos Yantiv, as we just learned. But how is she going to get Tarakoi clothes to wear? So what will she do? So She can go to the mikvah with her clothes on. Okay? And if the clothes are loose-fitting enough, it won't be a Chatzitza. So the Gemara says, Zim Isa, but if what you're saying is correct, let's be concerned that if we're going to make Gzeral Gzeras, that you'll come to, if you allow people to tovel with their clothes on, they'll come to be tovel their clothes when they're not on their body. Mm-hmm. The Gemara says, no. Same answer, that's a very exceptional case. She'll remember because she's only doing it while she's wearing the clothes. That's quite something that she's not going to easily forget and mix up. And therefore, now again, that answer could be the answer that, that like the answer with the bucket, which is a formalistic difference, which is that is not, you know, a uh, being tovel clothes. That's being tovel yourself with your clothes on. It's a little different than the bucket. The bucket, we wouldn't say, is an act of tovel at all. It's completely incidental. The bucket becomes tahor, but it's an act of drawing water. Here it is an act of tovel of her, but it's not an act of tvila of the clothes. It's a tefillah that she's doing with her clothes happening to be on and that won't lead to being, that's categorically different than the act of being told of the vessel. What did you want to say, though? What? The right way to do it is to let somebody else tell your clothes, put them in the dryer, then you go to the mikvah. <laughs> but you can't do that because you can't be tovel vessels on Shabbos and Yantiv. Right, that's not because she'll touch it when she's doing it. Right, let her be tahor and then let her do it herself. The whole problem is that she doesn't have anything tahor to wear. Now, the other question is that, wait, you can soak your clothes on Shabbos and Yantiv? Yeah. So take a look at Tosfos. I mean, first of all, we'd say, aren't you afraid you'd squeeze well, them I'm out? Not, no, but before I squeezing them out, isn't the soaking itself? That's an act of wandering. <laughs> so look at Tosos. Ma'aremes the Tovel says Gadah. Tosos says Tema. Hainu Shriya. So you're immersing them in water. The Shriya Sur Neishu Mechabes Umelabein. Damin and Shriya Sazuhi Kivuso. We say that immersing something in water is part of the act of wandering it. Now, it is an interesting debate in the Rishonim how much in categorical terms to interpret that, that every act of getting something wet is really Sharia or is only under certain types of contexts which are the normal which are the normal well we're going to get to that, which is the normal process of wandering. But those who understand certainly getting something fully immersed in water should be considered an act of wandering. Yeshlomer says Tosos, the whole the Tinov Shari. Since it's getting it dirty in the process, not cleaner. Mikvah waters are presumably dirty, and there's dirt on your body, and so on. That would, even though you're immersing it, it's not considered laundering. 
the teza, the heich anu menag bin yadenu b'mapa b'shabes. How do we wipe our hands on a towel? Havi shriya v'aser mitneishu mechabes. Now umelabena. Of course, you could say that's only slightly damp. That's not immersing it in water. But you see here, the teza understands that even slightly damp is a problem. So here too, although there the whole point is to get the dirt off your hands on the towel, nevertheless here the waters aren't clean. Right, your body isn't clean, the waters aren't clean, it's not wrong. But you see, by the way, and this becomes an issue, right, some people just, you know, they spill something on the tablecloth, they say, oh, put, a, put on some seltzer, or they get a stain on their, on their clothes and they put some water on it. So that's real machabes. Yeah, again, not every Rishon says that just putting water on a local spot is machabes, but certainly Tosos feels that way. And this whole distinction here is whether it's derech lichluk or not derech lichluk, derech tinus. Okay, so yeah, you wanted to say something? I, I did. I, there are so many sukkahs that we've already seen about chassitza. Yeah. This is like a pretty glib. Like, it's not even treated. Yeah, no, but there, but there also are other examples about this, about wearing clothes, especially if they're loose-fitting clothes. I mean, we have, you know, if you think about people that more flowing robes and their <laughs> underwear is really more like breeches, not, not tight-fitting underwear, and it's all pretty porous anyway. So, yeah, I mean, you know, there are gemaras also, though, that you can be wearing clothes, and it's not a, it's not a chatzitza. Chatzitza is here closer to the skin. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. But, yeah, this is assumed that it will not be a chatzitza. Yeah. Put this in, you know, maybe somewhat unformed. But if you talk about for Xeros, I mean, you know, we still differentiate for instance between Eretz Yisrael and uh, Bavo. We don't say always take Tumos and Bavo because there, if you go to Eretz Yisrael, then you won't be taking Tumos and Bavo. So you know what I'm saying, meaning like we still draw the line in locations, right? So well, one more time, what are you saying? Separate things. In other words, we more talking about oh, why don't we go there? This, you know, why don't we go there? This because of this, right? We don't, say, we don't apply that. Nobody well, that's basically the same type of answer as the Gemara's given, that even when you say Gzeril Gzeril, which is what I'm saying, Gzeril Gzeril, the way the Gemara's sort of thing is, so then we should just offer everything. And the Gemara's answer is, no, even within the context of Gzeril Gzeril, we can make formalist distinctions. And what I'm trying to say is that's not, that's not, that's not an, an, an unfair answer. If anything, it makes complete sense. Because Gzeril Gzeril doesn't always really mean, oh, we're going to forbid every single case because we genuinely believe that A will lead to B will lead to C. What it means is we make something categorically forbidden. But Categorically forbidden when it falls into the formal definition. Something that falls outside the formal definition is not part of that category. So that's most of these answers work for that. Like, you know, wearing clothes is different than an active tvil of clothes. Drawing water is different than an active tvil of water. It's not so good for the answers of when it gets tame on yantav as opposed to before yantav or rishon latuma as opposed to a flavatuma. That's not really a categorically different act. That's really just saying, yeah, that's rare, so we're going to let that go. Okay, which doesn't fit so much within the same type of answer. But yes, we do make distinctions. That's exactly what the Gemara is saying. Okay, so that's one whole set of answers which explains what the Gzera is and somehow maneuvers its way through these different questions. Okay, so the Gemara says like this. Um, where were we? Rav Yosef, I'm a Gzera Mishum Okay, which uh, certainly seemed to anyway have been the last case with the uh, clothes. We're afraid that if we let you dunk, if we let you immerse, you'll come to squeeze things out. Now, now, not, now that's fine if we're concerned about clothes, but a lot of vessels, there's no skita to be done. So the Gemara says, um, but anyway, at least it applies on Yontav and not just on Shabbos. 
So Amalei Abaye, so Abaye said to him, Teinach Kelim Dibnei Schitaninu. That's good for vessels that can be squeezed, like uh, clothing. But Kelim Dilabnei Schitaninu Ma'igal Meimer. How about things that are like you know normal you know wooden uh, you know vessels or uh, you know or, or uh, whatever metal vessels? So Amalei Gzerahanu Atuhanu. All right, this will lead to that. So we made everything forbidden. What? Yeah. So that's the ironic thing. But but that. So let's take a look. Eisvikolhani Tiyufta. So once you had to say A will lead to B, you basically are saying Gzeira li Gzeira. And once you're saying Gzeira li Gzeira, then the question is, so how do we allow all these exceptions, all the places we just got to asking? The Shani Lake and gave all the same answers we just gave. Okay, even if we're saying Gzeira li Gzeira, this case isn't considered an act of Tvila in a formalistic way, this case is a low Shriach case, and we gave all the answers we just gave. We're afraid, this is sort of like why you can't do certain things in Cholomoed, that if we let you do it um, on Shabbos and Yantiv, then you'll, or particularly on Yantiv, whatever, but anyway, you'll wait till Shabbos and Yantiv when you've got a lot of time on your hands, and therefore, it's a zilzah, we, we want you to take care of it from beforehand, okay, which is particularly true by Yantiv, because, you know, um, um, because because you'll, you'll want to be tahor on the Yantiv, and you'll say, say you're like, you know, you'll do, anyway, you'll leave it all to Yantiv to take care of it. So the Gebarah says, now that's better because that A, that works for Shabbos and Yantiv combined, number one, and number two, it helps explain the difference between whether it became tummy from before Shabbos or on Shabbos, from before Yantiv or on Yantiv, because the whole concern is you should have done it beforehand and we wanted to ensure that you would do it beforehand. So that answer has fewer Xera Xera problems, more directly addresses some of the issues that we see. Okay, so the Gemara says, Tiny Kivasi to Rav Bibi, we talk like Rav Bibi, Klisha Nitmamer Yantiv, Eimapilonosov Yantov, Xera Shema Yishaheh. The Baita explicitly says that the reason it's forbidden to became something beforehand is because we don't want you to intentionally leave it over for Yantav. So this is a nice explanation. It applies to Shabbos and Yantav equally. also explains the difference for whether it became something beforehand or during. Rava Amar, Rava says, and the, this answer of Rava becomes the basic answer that all the Rishonim adopt because it addresses most of the concerns from before. Because it looks like you're fixing something, you know, and you're switching it from a status of Tame to Tahor, it's also sort of becoming unusable to usable. I mean, not necessarily unusable, but in, in certain areas it is. So that's like you're fixing it. That's like you're making the vessel. No, Therefore, it equally applies, yeah, like a rabbinic type of Makabapatish. So it equally applies to Shabbos and Yantiv. Um, you know, all of these things about the Gzera, all the questions about how can you draw the water with the vessel, how can the woman go into the mikvah with her clothes on, those are easier to answer because it's not Nira Kimitakein. The Nira Kimitakein has more to do with how, you know, sort of what it looks like, sort of, you know, what, you know, what the act seems to be about. So in those cases, the act is not about uh, the you know the, the vessel, the, the, the clothes. It's about the woman going to the mikvah. It's not about the bucket. It's about drawing the water. Okay, so we're going to get to that. So why is the person basically allowed? Anyway, this answer applies equally to Shabbos and Yantiv, and it deals with some of the problems, not all the problems. Like according to this, why should it be a different whether it became tameh before Yantiv or on Yantiv, before Shabbos or on Shabbos? Okay, but at least this answer deals with a good number of the problems um, that we raised before. So the Gemara says. Um, why is a person allowed to go to the mikvah which isn't such an issue from beforehand because at least in some of the cases like a concern of carrying doesn't apply concern of schita doesn't apply unless you start worrying about the hair anyway so here but according to you why is a person different so the Gemara says no Adam Nira can make her if a person is going to the mikvah it looks like you're just cooling yourself off it's not as obvious that you're going to fix yourself 
What? Well, the, not in cold water on Shabbos. You can uh, now Ashkenazim don't immerse in cold water on Shabbos, but the Gemara was fine. So Gemara says, "Hot peinich mayim yafim." That's fine if it's clean water. Mayim roim Michael If the mikvah water is dirty, it's obviously you're going just for mikvah purposes, not to cool yourself off. So it should be a problem. Right, so, the same thing, cooling yourself off and cleaning yourself. Right. Off. Well, that's what the Gemara is going to say. Sometimes the person is coming in the heat. The rochets are filled with be willing to bathe himself even in like a water that was used for soaking flax, even in disgusting water. You just want cold water on you. You don't care if it's dirty. Someone says, fine. That's fine if you're going to the mikvah in the summer. If you're going in the winter, what other reason could you have to be going into a dirty mikvah? So, sometimes you're coming out of from the field and you're covered with, uh, with you know, uh, a teat, um, uh, mud and excrement. And you'll bathe even in the even in cold water, even in even in not even in dirty water, but it's not as dirty as the stuff that's on you. So you'll be willing to go to the mikvah anyway just to get the stuff off you, even if it's mikvah water, even if it's not so clean water. So Mark says, okay, tainich b'shabes. So I get why you now can go to the mikvah on Shabbos and Yantav because it looks like you're just cooling yourself off or you're just bathing. But how about on Yom Kippur? Yom Kippur, you can't say it looks like you're bathing. You're not allowed to bathe on Yom Kippur. So the Gemara says, I'm a Rava, Mika Is there anything that's permissible on Shabbos, like here going to the mikvah, that should be forbidden on Yom Kippur? So the answer is, uh, I can think of a couple of things that are permissible on Shabbos that are forbidden on Yom Kippur. Eating, drinking, bathing. So Rashi said, fine. So Rashi says, no, but things that are connected to, you know, malachas that should be permitted. Do we ever have anything malacha related that's permitted on Shabbos and forbidden on Yom Kippur? No. So, Ella, Ho'el B'Shabbos Shabbos Yom Kippur Minamishai. Since we did not forbid a human, go- a person going to the mikvah on Shabbos, then we, because it, it could be, because it doesn't, it's not as obvious about fixing and metaking, we allowed it on Yom Kippur as well. Even though on Yom Kippur, you are, um, it's more, it's more obvious that you're just doing it for the sake of the mikvah. So the Gemara says, Umi say the Rava Ho'el. Does Rava hold of this principle of since? Since it's going to be allowed in this case, we'll have to allow it in another, in another case. The Hatznan, we taught in the Mishnah, if you have a toothache, you cannot swallow vinegar so that it should go over your gums and, uh, and help, the, help your toothache. Um, but you can dip your bread in vinegar, which is a more normal thing, and then eat the dipped bread. If it helps your teeth on the way down, then that's fine. Okay, so that's it, but you can't directly drink the vinegar. That's more obvious that it's being done for the sake of refua. And you can't do refua on Shabbos. For Amin and Allah, and then we ask something. Lo yigma upaleis. Another, another bright is don't swallow vinegar and like gargle with it and spit it out. Because then it's clearly done with refua. You can, you can, you can, sw- you know, you know uh, drink vinegar and swallow it. So here it says you can swallow the vinegar for the sake of dealing with your toothache, and the Mishnah says you can't. How do we deal with that contradiction? The Amar Abayi says, When the Mishnah says don't take vinegar on Shabbos, it means don't take it and spit it out. Okay, but yeah, you can take it and swallow it, that's fine. All right, it's not. That's the case of the Mishnah. The Rava Amar Rava says, Even if we're talking about swallowing, the Mishnah is still forbidding swallowing. 
So the Mishnah forbids swallowing the bright allows it. How do you deal with that contradiction? The Lokasha. The question is, what time, when, where in the meal are you? If they're before the dipping part of the meal, by the way, in that context, you know, that, that whole question, why are we matzil shtei pa'amim, was added after the Gemara, and it was added not just to deal with the fact that we took out the question about the roasted meat, but it was added, added in the time of the Rishonin, when the normal thing was to not recline during meals. So the very... Prim- presence of reclining at a meal was seen as bizarre. In the time of the, the mission was being written, reclining was what you did at any formal meal. Even in context in brachos, where it's not talking about Pesach or whatever, where it talks about going to sit down in a meal, it talks about reclining. So there's no question about reclining at that time. You did the reclining because that's part of what makes us a formal meal, but it wasn't an unusual thing. So anyway, why did I get onto that? Oh, because I'm talking about Matzbilin. Oh, Matzbilin led me to the... To, to the oh, I, I, I made a Zerah Shava Matzbilin to Masubin. Forget that. My head's too much in the Seder. Okay. Anyway, so they also would stand or do Tebul, though, I should say. The question about Masbilin Shtei Pa'amim is the question the first Tebul everybody would do, right, initially. The question is why you do the second Tebul during the actual meal, because the Tebuls were more for the appetizer course. So the question about Masbilin Shtei Pa'amim was the question about the second Tebul you did for the morrow during the meal itself. Anyway, they would stand or do Tebul. So the point is, when are you swallowing this vinegar straight without dunking the bread? If you're swallowing it before the duct, or, you know, you finish with the dipping service, okay, so you still have all the sauces in front of you, you want to eat the sauce directly, not so bizarre, that will allow. But after you're done with all of the dipping and all the sauces, and now you're later in the meal, and you want to go back and have some of the vinegar straight, that's clearly bizarre, that's clearly done for the sake of Rathua. So Rubber makes the distinction, when are you allowed to, swap, to do it with swallowing it? Before, you, you know, while you're still in the process of the dipping. After the dipping is behind you, then you can't swallow it, that's clearly the Rathua. One minute, let's read the answer. So Abrava says, um, before the dipping, or I guess before and during, you can have the straight vinegar. Once you're done with all the dipping and all the sauces, and you've had your fill of sauces, at that stage, to be having the straight vinegar would be a problem. So that's how he deals with the contradictions. So, but if Robert just says, oh, something's going to be mutra on Shabbos, we have to make it mutra on Yom Kippur, so how do you make a distinction before and after the dipping? Like how on the same day can the same act be forbidden before the meal and forbid, you know, permissible before the meal and forbidden after the meal, right? I mean, if, if, if it's going to be, if you say it's permissible on Shabbos, it has to be permissible on Yom Kippur, so you should more say if it's permissible for the first part of Shabbos, it's got to be permissible for the second part. The Isa, for other holds of this idea of Hoyo, Nema, why don't we say, Ho, the Kodim Tibushari, if you're going to make it permissible to swallow the vinegar before the dipping, you have to make it permissible after. Is there anything that's permissible for half a Shabbos and for, forbidden for the other half? So, so, so how does that work? He says, you're right. He ever reversed himself from that whole explanation by the swallowing of vinegar before and after the dipping. And in the end, he accepts Abai's explanation. That if you swallow it, it's okay. And the only case of the mission where it's no good is if you spit it out. 
So the Gemara says, "Umimai demiagi hader bei dilma meha hader bei." How do you know he reversed himself from the vinegar case? Maybe he reversed himself from his whole position about you know about uh, dunking in the mikvah, and maybe he would have to come to the conclusion that you can't dunk on Yom Kippur because it's obvious that it's not just cooling yourself off and not just bathing. So the Gemara says, "No, low sarcasitis." It doesn't make sense that he reversed himself from his whole approach that you know dunking is looks like bathing and that we're going to allow Yom Kippur as well because to reverse himself would mean forbidding Yom Kippur. And the Tanyan, we teach in a Kippurim that anybody who needs to go to the mikvah, you can go to the mikvah even on Tisha B'Av and Yom Kippur, which is where our question began with, which is going to the mikvah on Yom Kippur. So clearly he has to accept that. And since he accepts that, he's not going to go back down from his answer that if we allow it on Shabbos, we allow it on Yom Kippur. So he has to stick by that answer and he has to therefore drop his whole answer by the vinegar because he has to be consistent. He says, once we're allowing it, if we allow on Shabbos, we allow on Yom Kippur, certainly if we allow for part of Shabbos, we're going to allow for the rest of Shabbos. Yes. As part of the logic of the entire Sugi, is there an assumed Gezerah here behind me drinking of the vinegar? Because usually... Yeah, Rafua. No, but Rafua has to do with grinding something to actually make the okay. liquid. Okay, so two things. First of all, the idea that the, that the issue is Gezerah that you come to grind is not in the Mishnah. It's in the Bavli. The Yerushalmi does not seem like it holds of that, which is in general true, like things we're talking about right now, I should say, which is, you notice how all of the answers until Rava were Gzeira. Gzeira will come to carry, Gzeira Shami Yishaya, Gzeira will come to squeeze. Those are classic Bavli explanations. Um, Yerushalmi often does not have things based on Gzeira, but things more being... doesn't mean that it doesn't believe there are such... there are Gzeiras. Um, but, um, but, um, but more is focused on things being intrinsically problematic, which is closer to Rava's point. It looks problematic. Putting something in the mix is near a Kimitakein. So by the way, I just mentioned that because it's connected, but the whole thing about taking medicine on Shabbos, refu on Shabbos, um, it seems like that was just seen as intrinsically problematic. But the Bavli translated it like a type of, like, you know, type of professional work on Shabbos, maybe also a Nira Kimitakein, but the Bavli translated it as a Gzair that you'll come to grind spice, to, to grind the medicine. That being said, it's not true that they only forbade cases which were involved grinding. Um, they did involve anything that is labeled as refua, certainly something that's involved with taking some type of a liquid or a salve or a solid or whatever, however that thing was made. The interesting question is, what about doing things like exercise for the sake of refua? Is that considered refua or a massage that you need to massage a muscle or something, right? Is something that doesn't involve any taking of any, you know, liquid or solid, you know, that might be out of the category. But it is true that the, what usher for refua is even taking things that are normal foods if they're done derech refua. Okay? According to the way the Bavli explains it, it's a concern, gzeira shema. Okay? That's not necessarily the way the but I should say that by attributing it to Xera Shema, it leads to leniencies. For example, it could be according to some, there's no Isra taking medicine on Yantiv, because you're allowed to grind on Yantiv. As we learned before, you can grind spices on Yantiv, right? So there's fundamentally no Isra of taking it. Others want to argue that the whole Xera is more lenient nowadays since we don't, since we don't grind our own medicine. So the way the Bobbly frames it, that's the concern. Yeah. So basically, what was the Mitzvah for Yom so okay, so I was going to get there. So, what's the conclusion of the Gemara? The conclusion is we have multiple explanations for why this is a problem. 
the first three all have to do with gzeras. It'll lead to something else. Which led the Gemara to say, but once you're making gzeras, it's not all logic. Once you say gzeras, you have to explain the exceptions. And the basic exceptions were explained falling into two categories. One a type of a loshchiyach, and the other in a formalistic way it's outside the category. The final explanation, which is the one that the Rishonim really much more prefer, is Rava, which is it's intrinsically problematic. It's near Kimitakein. That has the benefit of explaining that it's not a gzeira. Explains it's an equal problem on Shabbos and Yantiv, why certain things are not near a Kimitakein, like the idea of drawing water with the bucket. It appears in an experiential way it's a different type of an act, or even the difference, for example, about a Vlad Hatuma as opposed to a Rishon Hatuma. If it's not so much Tameh, it's not so much near a Kimitakein. It does not really sufficiently answer the difference between Erev Yantav and Ad Yantav, right? That's just, okay, we'll go easy on you. It, happened, it didn't happen before. We're gonna, we'll make life easy. You didn't have a choice. But that's not so well explained. But other things fit web better in terms of this New York Timotakein. The one thing that stands out is why is a person a problem? Uh, okay. Isn't that New York Timotakein? It says, no, for a person it looks like a different type of thing. It looks like bathing. Now, the last thing that we left with, which is this issue about Yom Kippur, that you're allowed to go, A, a type of a low-plug lakula from Shabbos, but B, why are you allowed to go on Yom Kippur? Forget the issue that normally you can't go to the mikvah. Who cares? Why should, why should we allow it? Aren't you bathing on Yom Kippur? Okay? Now, the basic point is even on Yom Kippur that we offer everything. It tends to be that we're, we offer all types of bathing when it's when it's, when it's um, derech tainum, not when it's, um, you know, not when it's, for example, like washing to remove dirt from you is not considered the prohibition of washing. So similarly, going to the mikvah for the fundamental purpose of tevila and not for the fundamental purpose of, uh, purpose of bathing is not actually a problem on Yom Kippur, but it's a little borderline. And that leads Tosos into the discussion of do you need is what partly allows you to go on Yom Kippur and Tisha B'av, the principle of uh, Tzvila Bismana Mitzvah. That this, if this is the day that you're obligated to go, there's a particular mitzvah that says you should go today, and that overrides whatever types of concern, Tisha B'av and Yom Kippur concerns there are. Again, even though formalistically it's not technically the forbidden type of bathing, it's obviously right there at the edge. So like Tosa says, uh, well, it's a little different, but okay, because this is not like the same as your type of idea, but yes, yeah, but somehow it should be done today. So Tosas' answer, he, tried, he proves from various Gemaras. So first of all, that would have enough community for today, because today, women don't, when they go to the mikvah, it's not exactly Bismana, because we have the whole thing about seven clean days and Chumat Rebizera. It's not the exact time in the Torah they should be going to the mikvah. But Tosas, Tosa says, if, if he proves from another sugya that you don't need the principle of Tzila Bismana Mitzvah. Just going to the mikvah, even if it's not the Zman, is, which is fundamentally an act of becoming Tahor and not an act of bathing, is actually okay even without the principle of Siva Bismana. So then he says, so why don't we then go to the mikvah? On Tishvav, on Yom Kippur. So if you take a look at his answer, this says it's called We'll read a line or two. He says like this. He says, the very last word of the narrow lines of Tosvos, he says, Umiyu, B'tishvav, we, even though in principle you don't need Tzila Bismana and it, you, you can go, we don't do it on Tzila Bismana. God, you know, the mourning for the, for the house of God is important enough that we should forego the very first wide line of Tosa. That we should forego, you know, one Tzila of the year. So technically you're allowed, but, you know, it's an important as a point of making a point of principle that you're not going to do it on that day okay. because of the sense of Avelos. Okay, that's Tisha B'av. Okay, the Kamar B'Yushami, Ha Rebbe Levi, Rebbe Hanina Ben Antignos. Okay, 
da 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 the Odomeri I'm now four lines down in the wide lines to be zmana there ain't open lo be yom kippon below b'teshvah to dafka hains how you are sukim etaros how you tarich litzvo miyat kedei shelo yitmu hataharos why would a person go to the mikvah? Because there's a real need. You don't want to stick around being tame. There's real consequences to that. So it might not be tefillah or bismana, but there are profound, there's important consequences of not going to the mikvah. Um, the only real consequence of not going to the mikvah is for a woman who's a nida and that she's forbidden to her husband. So guess what? So she can arrange it that she go immediately Yom But can't Right? But she can't go on the day of Tishabab and Yom Kippur because there's you're not allowed to sex on Tishabab and Yom Kippur. So then you are allowed to go because there was to be an immediate need and an immediate benefit of just being Tahar in general. But now where the whole net relevance is to allow sex, that's, there's no thing that would allow it to be done on Tishabab and Yom Kippur. Which raises interesting questions about, let's say, a woman um, is... Uh, you know, needs to, like, uh, like is attending to her husband and so on, you know, like he's sick or whatever, and you need to go to the mikvah not to allow sex, but to allow touch. Would you be allowed to do that on Tisha B'Av Yom Kippur? Okay, anyway, so that's the end of that circuit. So let's take a look back at the Gemara. So one of the things that is allowed is to do hashaka, but the, but the, the vessel has to be tahor. It has to be in a stone. If the vessel was not stone, then the vessel would be tamei through the water, and then you would also be being togo the vessel. And again, that's different than drawing the water with the bucket, because here you're explicitly going to be mitahir, and therefore it could work for the water, because that's seen as a different category, but not for the vessel. The Gemara means by hashaka, not the technical hashaka for a mikvah to be mitahir. No, but the same idea of connecting the water. You're putting in to get the water into the vessel. Yeah, we're, to get the water in the vessel into the mikvah. You're, you have water in a vessel and you're lowering it into the mikvah so the waters of the vessel touch the waters of the mikvah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the Gemara says, my avaloma to bilin. So what is the end of that phrase? Um, so the Gemara, we, it says, avaloma to bilin, mashikin kli avaloma to bilin. What does loma to bilin mean? So I've already described it, now the Gemara will explain it. Amashmo ain't mat bilin as a kli agabe neymav letaro biyomtov. So you don't say, you don't use the excuse of doing hashak on the water to also be tov of the kli, that the water is in. So you can't use a tummy kli and be tov of the kli because then it'll be an active tevila of the kli. So the verse says, Mani Masnisin. Who's our mission going? Like, Lo Rebbe, Lo Rabbana. Not Rebbe, not Rabbana. Tatani, we turn on Brysa. Ain matbilin as a kli agabe meimav l'tahara, ve'ain mashikin as a mayin b'kli evan l'tahara, and tivei Rebbe. Rebbe says, not only can you not be tov of the kli that the water is in, you can't even do hashak on the water. You can't do either. The Chachamim, even the Chachamim say, Matbilin kli yevan agave meimav l'tahara. You can do tefilah the kli, and certainly umashikin as a mayin b'kli evan l'tahara. You can do both the water and the kli. So the rabbis say you can't do either, and the rebbe, uh, I'm sorry, the rebbe says you can't do either, and the rabbis say you can do both. Mm-hmm. Nobody is going like our Mishnah, which says you can do the water but not the vessel. Mani, who's our Mishnah going like? E rebbe kasha hashaka. If it's rebbe who says you can't do either, then the case of the water is problematic because our Mishnah says you can do the water. E rabbanan, if the rabbis who say you can do both, kasha hatzbala. So there's a contradiction in the case of the vessel where the rabbis say you cannot do, you can do it, and our Mishnah says you can't. So the mother says, E by Samer Rebbe, E by Samer Rabbana. I can make it go like either. This is going to be uh, uh, interesting to see how we do this. E by Samer Rebbe, Reisha de Brisa be Yom Tov, the Seif of the Shabbos. The Kula Mas Nisan be Yom Tov. So here's how the Gemara is going to read the Brisa. 
it's going to read the statements of Rebbe and the Rabbanan that each half of the sentence is talking about a different case. So let's read this phrase again the way the Gemara is going to read it, okay? So it's, Ein matvilin et agabe mimav, litaro, you can't be matvil the kli, okay? That is, um, that is, you can't be matvil the kli, that's the more problematic one, be matvil the kli. That's talking about yantiv. But of course, on yantiv, you still could do the work. You just can't be matvil the kli. And the next sentence, you can't even do the water, that's talking about on Shabbos. Okay, so on the first sentence, you can't do the kli, which suggests that the water is okay, that's yantiv. But the second sentence, that you can't do the water, that's Shabbos. So according to that, Rebbe is saying, actually, on yantiv, you can do the, you can't do the kli, but you can do the water, which is exactly our Mishnah. Right, Reisha debrayt to biyomto, but seiva b'shavus. So kula must nisim biyomto, and our Mishnah that makes the distinction of water and kli is yantiv, and that's what how to read Rebbe when he says don't do the water, the vessel. In, but we're reading it as implicitly the water is okay. That's on yantiv. So on yantiv, Rebbe holds of the difference of water and vessel. Or let's go back now and read how the Chachamim would read that way. The Chachamim moment must be in kli agabe main mavlitaro. You can do the vessel. When can you do the vessel? On Yantiv. Then you can do both. But the other statement is, no, just the water. Just the water, that's Shabbos. So according to that, the rabbis hold of the same water vessel distinction, except uh, they hold it not just on Yantiv. On Yantiv they allow both. They hold of the water Yantiv distinction on Shabbos. The Baisim are Rabbanan, and therefore it could be the Rabbanan, the Kula Masnisim B'Shabbos. So our Mishnah that says the water vessel distinction would be Shabbos. Okay, so that's quite a very creative read. The Mishnah seems to make the distinction across the board. For this Rebbe and Rabbanan, we say that actually Rebbe and the Rabbanan both agree to the distinction. The question is, the Rebbe only allows it on Yantiv, and the Chachami makes the distinction on Shabbos, and our Mishnah would be going like one or the other.